and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Amen. Well, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I am Robert Berry, the campus pastor here at Poindexter. And it's always a joy to see you um, and bringing your friends and family uh, members here to uh, the service. If you have not uh, smelled the fried chicken uh, just yet, it's okay. Uh, It's coming. We have food right at the end of this service. It's something that we just do on the fourth Sunday of every month. Uh, It's just a time of fellowship, give you all some good food. Uh, And it's just a way for us to get to know each other, laugh together uh, there. And, uh, of course, on the fourth Sunday when we have these uh, events, you just get to go out and enjoy the food. Now, they will give you a ticket. Not tickets. So when you get your ticket, that's your ticket. If you have a child, that child will get a ticket. Not a two-month-old child, but a child (laughs) will get a ticket that can eat, that has teeth. (laughs) Uh, And so with that, when you go uh, and hand your ticket, you will get that plate. Singular, not plural. If you're married, husband and wife, we know the two shall become one, but you'll each have your own separate plate. Ticket, ticket, ticket. Uh, so make sure you enjoy that at the end of uh, this service here. And I want to make sure, too, that um, you all know we have something uh, coming up on Sunday, uh, which is March 10th. And that is at 5 p.m. Uh, to 6.30 p.m. This is called Serve Team Community Night. This is a time for uh, those of you all that are serving on the serve team. And you say, I don't even serve on the serve team. It's okay. You can sign up. It's never too late to get on the serve team. But this is just an opportunity for us to come together, laugh, uh, have fun. We have some food, uh, inflatables for the children, games for adults. Uh, I will say this. Uh, We are Christians, uh, but we do love to have fun. And with these games, you really find out who the competitive one is. So we may do communion at the end uh, of that event. Uh, But my wife, uh, she will be over the games. And uh, I'm telling you, it's like, man, none other. They did some of the games like for the worship team, but we're going to do some more. Uh, games and I'm telling you it's competitive but there are going to be prizes Uh, but this is a time to where we come together and just hear not only what you all have done as a church but even where God is taking us so uh, it'll be from 5 p.m. here at the church to 6 30 p.m. like I said food you don't have to bring any money just bring an appetite Uh, and this is just our way to celebrate you to thank you for what you're doing here at Poindexter and so that is Sunday March 10th 5 p.m. to 6 30 p.m. Uh, if you're not on our Poindexter Facebook page, make sure you join the group. 
make sure you join the group because this is where you'll be able to sign up. But also, too, if you are not on the serve team, this is one way you can sign up or you can just sign up with the card in the back of the pew. But just want to make sure you know that we're going to have some fun Sunday, March uh, 10. And then lastly, before I get into the message, something new that we're doing uh, is with our Poindexter uh, Outreach Food Pantry. Uh, there's a training today uh, from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. It's just right down the street where our 18-wheeler trailer is at, our disaster relief truck. So something that's been big on my heart and the young lady that is running it, uh, Kendall uh, Lacey, the opportunity that we get to come into this community, not just for church, spiritual food, but also physical food. Uh, and so starting Sunday, March 17th, um, people from the community or maybe you are here and there's something that you need, some food. Uh, after attending the service, you'll be able to go to the pantry, get whatever food items that you need. Now, these food items isn't just as a hand out, it's a hand up. Because one thing I've learned that we get in situations because of things that we are experiencing, things that we're navigating through. And sometimes in life, we have habits, we have disciplines that does not take us to the destination that we want to get to. Because we all have dreams, we all have goals, we all have, have desires. But sometimes the path that we're on will not take us to that goal or that dream. Well, with the food pantry, what we want to do is no matter where you are, we want to help you get to that dream. We want to help you get to that goal. So this is a hand up. So as people come or if you come, this is an opportunity for us to get to see and know where you are and where you want to go. It's just like a vacation. You want to go to Atlanta where you're in Jackson. Well, what do you need to get to Atlanta? You just don't need the desire, but you need a car, you need some gas, you need some money, you need some clothes. But it's like, how do you get those things to get to your destination? So what we want to do as a church is we want to find out where you are to help you to get to where you desire to go. So we don't want to leave you in that state that you're in because the goal is by next year, you'll be on the other side serving the food at the food pantry and not getting food from the food pantry. You're serving the food at the food pantry. But it's a process. And so we just want to help with that. Also, too, I learned that when we had the water crisis, there were college students that were in need. Uh, and so we were able as a church to help them out. And so I can remember being in college. Cafeteria food wasn't always the cafeteria food. Uh, and it was like, man, where I'm going to eat? You know, money is tight. I know what that was like. And so it's going to be open and available for college students as well. Something that we'll get into as we find out the needs in the community, uh, some moms and dads at time uh, can't get the young men a haircut. Well, they can come there and get a haircut, uh, you know, even with washing the vehicle. So it's, it's, it's a whole uh, uh, opportunity to help the family become whole, not just in one part, food only, but even in confidence, self-esteem, growing in the word of God. So it's not just physical, but it's spiritual as well. So I said all that to say uh, that the training is today from 1 p.m. to 2.30. And if you would like to uh, be a part of that uh, team and hand out food, learn how we're going to do the assessments. Um, she's here today. I'm just going to get her to stand up today. She's like, I put on the spot last Sunday. But Kendall, can you stand up? Let everybody see you. 
So at the end of this service, if you would like to be a part of, of that, uh, just see Kendall at the end uh, of the service, and she'll make sure that you get connected to that. All right. Well, that's all I have. We're going to dive right into uh, the message, and we're going to take communion at the end. And we've been in the series, 10 Do's After I Do. You know, after you get married, what do I do? How do I navigate? If you're not married, it's okay. I got you. Because singles, I'll be talking to you as well in this message. Uh, But it's like, what do we do after we get married? How do we have fun? How do we understand that marriage is our responsibility? If you're single, how do you understand that being single is your responsibility in that of being happy? and finding joy and finding peace. So something that I I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, it's one statement I'm adding to it. It said, I said, you can't get the relationship right if the communication is wrong. You can't, I'm adding this, you can't get the relationship right if the thinking is wrong. You can't get the relationship right, communication off. Can't get the relationship right if the thinking is off. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Pretty sure you're all familiar with this. Verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There are patterns that we have. There are patterns that we learn. Patterns from this world that we learn. Patterns on how to chew your food and not to chew your food. Smacking at the table. You put the chip in your mouth. And it's like, man, close your mouth, then chew the chip. But sometimes like, man, this chip's so good, you just don't understand. <laughs> like, man, it's been a minute since I had something to eat, so I'm snacking real good. But everybody in the room can tell you eating a bag of chips. But what's that? That's a pattern. That's a, that's a pattern. Um, even, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you may have experienced this at a restaurant. You're talking at your table at a low tone, but somebody two tables over is talking so loud you can hear their whole conversation. And it's like, geez, I'm so glad I'm not at that table. Cause if I did have something to share, everybody in the restaurant would know what we talking about. Patterns, patterns of this world. But then how do you, how do I, how do we renew our mind? So you think about this, there's a pattern of this world when it comes to marriage, when it comes to dating. There's a pattern. So if I want to understand what God is saying about marriage and dating, I have to renew my mind according to what he has said about marriage and dating. And it's uh, interesting, I don't know if y'all heard of this um, speaker, Uh, he was living at one time, but Miles Monroe, he was at a men's conference. He was actually leading the men's conference and he just started asking uh, random questions and um, I'll add my two and then I'll add his. So um, as he shared that one question, I thought about two things. I was like, how many of us have learned marriage from someone else? How many of us have learned dating about dating from someone else? Because marriage came from God. So who am I learning marriage about? If they're talking to me about marriage, if they're talking to me about dating, are they talking from, are they talking from their perspective? Or are they talking from God, the creator, from his perspective? 
And so Miles Monroe, he's there and he's talking to these men and he was like, all right, guys, I'm about to ask a question. And he was like, where did you learn about sex? And it was quiet, just like this. (laughs) Who created sex? God. What's interesting is no man in that room said that they learned about sex from the Bible. They didn't learn about it from the one who created it. So now they have a pattern from the world about intimacy. And now they're living out that intimacy, but it's not from God's perspective. Even for me, things I learned about it. That was not God's perspective. And so what's funny about it, I was like, man, that's deep. It's like, why we don't talk about it in church and it's in the Bible? Why we don't talk about it in church and God created? So it's interesting. My wife and I, we have two children. Chasey's 12, Kyla, she's nine. So on yesterday, we just... You know, talking, having fun, conversation. And I was like, man, we need to wash your hair. Talking about Chase. So I washed his hair and I was like, hey, it is 1010. I have this conditioner in your hair now that your hair is washed. At 1040, let me know so I can rinse the conditioner out. Okay, dad, okay. 11, 12 hits. So I, before I share with you the conversation that happened at 1112, let's go back to 1041. Because it was 1010, it's 1040, he was supposed to tell me get the condition out of his hair. It's 1041. So all this time we're talking, having a conversation, and we're just literally talking. About, I was like, hey, what do y'all know about marriage? What, you know, as I shared weeks ago, it's like if we're not talking to our children about marriage, someone will. And I'm just like, hey, what do you like about dad and mom's marriage? What do you think about marriage? You know, we're just having these conversations. And then every now and then he would say, dad, you said in a little while you will get my Nintendo switch on Wi-Fi so I can play this game. Now, I don't know what this game is. It's like I've been waiting on it for weeks. You know, I gotten off this scene and now it's a story that has come on and I can get on this game. I'm like, OK. I was like, hey, son, in a minute, we'll, we'll get on. Let's keep talking. So we talk again, and then it's like, hey, Dad, you said you was going to put my Nintendo Switch on Wi-Fi so I can play the game. I say, hey, I will. We talk. 11, 12 rolls around. Dad, you said you was going to get my Nintendo Switch on the Wi-Fi so I can play the game on the Internet. I say, yeah. Then tears start coming down his eyes. And so in this moment, I say, hey, let's pause right here. I said, right now, you think dad is the bad guy, right? Because I told you I was going to put your Nintendo Switch on Wi-Fi and you can play the game. I said, Chase, it's 1112. At 1040, you were supposed to tell me to rinse the conditioner out of your head, but it's still in your head. Yeah, but dad, you said. Pattern. Renew your mind. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to help him understand the importance of not only just shampooing your hair, but you have a conditioner and you need to get it out, son. But he is so used to the pattern of the Nintendo Switch when, I talk, when he talks to me about it that immediately I jump to it 
and let him get on the Nintendo Switch because I'm all about having fun. Son, you're going to have fun up in this house. But I'm trying to help him understand in a new pattern because of a responsibility that now he needs to take on. But he still wants to stay in the pattern of, well, dad, you put the shampoo in. I don't have a clock. You tell me when it's 1040. No, son. You need to ask me, dad, what time it is because you said that at 1040, you was going to take the conditioner out. But he's so focused on the Nintendo Switch. So I'm trying to help him renew his mind because he's in a pattern that if he stays in, when he gets an adult and he gets married and the wife is looking at that dirty head and he's like... What you mean? Oh, well, my dad used to wash my hair all the time. So now he looks at her in a context of, well, my dad used to wash it. Will you wash it? And she's going to look at him. You are a grown man. (laughs) But hold on. If I don't correct that pattern at a young age, he will get over into that same pattern and stay in it as an adult. So now he's looking at me as I'm the culprit, as I'm the wrong and as well as I'm the bad person. And I'm like, son, it's not my fault. The conditioner is still in your head. You know, isn't this how the enemy works? The enemy will have you looking at the person that is for you, looking at them as though they are against you. And I'm just saying, son, I want you to have fun, but I'm trying to help you understand responsibility. That's your hair, not mine. And so it was like, yeah, dad, okay. So we go and rinse the conditioner out. Wi-Fi, don't know why it didn't work on Nintendo Switch, but we still have fun. So I wonder in marriage with the pattern, I wonder in marriage with dating, what pattern are we in? And have we renewed our mind? Let's look at Romans 12, verse 12. They'll pull it up on the screen. So we're talking about patterns of the world, renewing our mind. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope. It's talking about love. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. These are three things I want to dive into as we go to Ephesians chapter five, verses 21 through 33. I said, this would be real cool if we as a church could literally read about what God says about marriage. Be you married, be you single. Like what, what does God say about marriage? How does God look at marriage? What is the pattern that you have learned about marriage? What is the pattern that I have learned about marriage? And what's interesting about this is because my wife and I will be married 18 years. She, she's not here. Uh, she's out of town with her cousins and um, her cousin celebrated the 40th birthday. I was like, babe, go have fun. Enjoy yourself. I'm looking forward to when you get back home. Because, man, I'm tired. These children, boy, whoo, the energy is like Jesus. But I love it. Um, But what was interesting is on Friday, me, I love to just kind of, you know, uh, rest a little bit, relax, because I was like, man, it's going to be a full day chasing Kyla, get out of school. They expecting to have something fun. And so I'm like, Lord, I need your help. What can I do? He was like, man, 
you just got, you know, dropped them off. So I'm thinking I'm going to go run, but it's like, no, don't run. Just sit down, relax. So I'm sitting down, relax. And so I'm just reading, you know, building myself up. And so I'm reading Ephesians chapter five and I'm just like, man, I want to create something fun. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And God is like, no, I need you to pay attention to your wife. There's something that I want you to do for her. So I'm reading, I'm reading. And then I think about chasing Kyla. Man, what are we going to do for fun? What are we going to do for fun? Because I know as soon as Kyla get out and get in the truck, dad, what are we going to do? You know, I don't like to be bored. <laughs> so here I am thinking, things. like, hey, 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 focus on Kim. Focus on Kim. I'm like, all right, all right. Reading, focusing on Kim. I write down what he wants me to do. And then I'm thinking about you. Focus on Kim, focus on Kim. Then I get a phone call. And in this phone call, there's a guy on the other end of the phone. And he was like, hey, man, what you doing? I was like, hey, I'm just up here resting, up here chilling, you know, relaxing a little bit, building myself up, man, reading the word. He was like, hey, what time did you get out of school? Hmm. I was like, man, I get them right about 3.30, you know, when I get both of them. Kyla gets out a little bit after 2. Chase gets out 3.15. It's like, man, why don't we do this? You know, you get them out. Get children. We get out to the lake. We go. For, uh, I said, brother, we're going to do it right now. Let's go. I cut them out. I said, I don't mean to be rude, but I said, let me let me help you understand why I cut you off. Because the very thing that I wanted to do and create, God was telling me to do something else. God was trying to get me out of the pattern of me thinking that I am the only source to having fun with my children, that I am the only source that can create fun for my children. He just wanted me to sit still, rest, and listen to him so I can take care of Kim. But I'm so used to a pattern as a father, my children say they want to do something. Oh, man, we're going to do it. If I got the money, if I got the time, we're going to do it. And so out of this call, he's, he's talking. He's, I'm like, God, thank you. We get off the phone. And so I'm like, Lord, you're so smooth. That's what I tell him. I'm like, Lord, you're so smooth. Because here I am trying to come up with something to do with my children, and you already ahead. You're so much ahead, I'm thinking about taking them to part of Safari or Urban Air. It costs money. I'm up there budgeting. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, I do that. And then it's like, okay. He's like, mm, I'm going to go above what you're thinking. So I was like, okay. So get off the phone. And I'm there just excited. Chase and Kyla, we go to the lake that we don't own. Riding around on acreage that we don't own. They get on the side by side and they learn how to drive it that they don't own. They get fishing poles to throw out in the lake to learn how to fish. Fishing poles they don't own. They running around free on land that they don't own. Dad doesn't own. But God said, will you just sit and be still because I'm trying to get you out of the pattern of trying to do everything by yourself and I'm trying to renew your mind to let you know, son, that very thing that you desire to do, I already have people in places that's just waiting on you to obey me and what I say do so I can get it to you. 
And man, we out there having a blast, having a fun. Then we get in a vehicle, Chase is saying, Dad, I always wanted to learn how to fish. Thank you for taking me fishing. So I'm on the other side. Son, I've been trying to do this for years, but you want to stay in the house. You got to get out the house, boy. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's more to life than a Nintendo Switch. But I got to help you renew your mind. But sometimes we try to be the one to renew it. And God is like, I got people that can help you help your child renew your mind. We trying to help and force our spouse to renew our mind. And God said, well, you do what I'm telling you to do. Because when you do what I'm telling you to do, what you're trying to get your spouse to do. I got people on the other side that will help you help your spouse. But I need you to be quiet and just do what I'm telling you to do. And so God is saying these patterns, the renewing of our mind is like the only way we can do it if we understand how he looks at marriage. So let's read it right quick. Ephesians chapter five. And every time you see the word church, I want y'all to shout it out. Ephesians chapter five, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Every time you see the word church, I want y'all to shout it out, all right? We're going to practice it. One, two, three. Okay, all right. A little quiet, direct. All right. So here we go. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the His body of which he is the Savior. Now as the submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. That is how God looks at marriage. Notice how church was in the scripture. Notice how the comparison of Christ and the church were together. Notice how the submission in the submission and the reverence is unto the Lord. Notice how it's talking about washing men, washing your wife with the water of the word. It matters how we talk to our wives. When we talk to our wives, are we talking to them like how Christ is talking to us? Wives, when you're talking to your husband, wives, when you are submitting unto your husband, is it unto the Lord? Is it unto as you are submitting unto Christ according to the word of God. 
So anytime that I am talking to Kim, it should line up with the word of God. Anytime that Kim is talking to me, it should line up with the word of God. Everything that we're doing, it should line up with the word of God. Why? Because God created marriage. iPhone, Android. Two different types of phones, but they all function differently. You get an iPhone. I have an iPhone. I know Lanita has an Android. It would be wrong of me to take my iPhone and get her Android and try to make her Android like my iPhone. Two different creators. And God is saying, when it comes to marriage, you can't take my way of marriage. You can't take my way of dating and then take the world's way of marriage and the world's way of dating and think you can bring the two together and it's going to function as Christ loves the church. It will never happen. So. In dating. It matters how you look at the man. It matters how you look at the woman. As a young lady, when you're dating, as a young man, when you're dating, it matters how you carry yourself. Are you carrying yourself according to the word of God? When I was single, I wasn't. Let me help y'all out. If y'all out, like ease the room a little bit because I ain't been saved all my life. So I'm speaking from experience, some of that experience, it hurts, it bothers me, but I'd rather give that experience away to you to help you so you won't get in the trenches like I did. And it's no different than Christ. Christ is showing us the hurt that he's gone through, the people that he had to forgive, the people that tried to wrong him, but still at the same time, he gave of himself. Let's break this down as I close. Faithful in prayer. What is faithful in prayer? Vision. When it comes to marriage, what is the vision that you have for your marriage? But not just your marriage itself, but what is the vision that you have for you to help your marriage be better? Not for you to correct your wife or your husband. What is the vision that you have to make your marriage better? Faithful in prayer. What are you praying over your marriage? You're single. What are you saying about yourself? What is the vision that you have for yourself? Are you so caught up in the man or the woman that you hear their vision and now you want to put yourself in their vision while not fulfilling your own vision? So now you're living their lives instead of your life. Patient in affliction. Growth. How are you growing personally as a single person? How are you growing personally in your marriage? How are you growing better as a husband? How are you growing better as a wife? What leadership podcasts are you listening to about marriage? What pastors are you listening to about marriage? Not social media, not the world, not the news. What are you listening to about marriage? Patient in affliction. Something interesting that I saw. Me, I'm a coffee drinker at times, but more so tea. Growing a, a Rebecca. A, a, a Rebecca. Y'all help me out. 
I practice this word and it's like, dear Lord Jesus, I get up here in front of y'all. I can't even pronounce the word. Jesus. Arabica, there it is. Come on. Come on, Whitney. Now, y'all give it up for Whitney. Appreciate it. You know, on Google, you hit it, you know, like, listen to the little uh, speaker and it's like, Arabica, Arabica. Then I get up here. Uh, uh. All right. So growing Arabica coffee at higher elevation produces a denser, richer bean because there is less oxygen. The plants grow more slowly, giving the beans a more concentrated flavor. During the harvest season, ripe cherries are handpicked when they are ripe, which means they develop to the point of readiness. Because when they develop to the point of readiness, they will produce the highest quality crop. Leave this up here. Patient in affliction, in marriage, when you're afflicted and things hurt you, when you're single and things hurt you, are you patient in the hurt? Meaning, are you growing or learning from the hurt? The hurt is not there from God. The hurt is there from the enemy, Satan himself, because he wants to destroy your life, be it you're married or single. Patient in affliction. Let me give you context. I can remember in high school playing basketball. I'm trying to impress some young girls at a lock-in. Everybody remember a lock-in where you go in at 9 o'clock at night and the next morning you come out. You have fun. You play basketball, you know. And so there I see a young lady I like. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to impress her. She ain't even paying attention. I said, man, I need to hit a couple of consecutive shots in a row. So people are like, man, Barry, he hot. Y'all, I never got hot. And so <laughs> I'm shooting. I'm shooting. I was like, man, dang, brick, dang. I'm like, man. So I go up now for a layup. I'm going to go from a jump shot to a layup. So now I'm going in, y'all styling, as they say, in profiling. Go up. Miss the layup. I come down and I crack my ankle bone. Tell me about it. So I'm like, oh. At this time, I ain't thinking about her, y'all. It's like, I'm in pain. What? So lo and behold, dad come pick me up, go to the hospital, and uh, then I get to see a doctor. They put a cast on my foot. Now me, I'm on the basketball team. I'm trying to hurry up and get through this process because I'm so focused on getting back on the team to playing the game. All the while, not being patient in the affliction. I'm not growing nor am I being developed for readiness. And I wonder at times how many of us in our affliction, we're trying to move so fast that we're not growing. We're not looking at how did I get here? How did this happen? Like what's really going on? And so now the doctor has to set up a boundary to protect my ankle because he knows there is more in me, but he has to set up, one, a boundary of protection, but also, two, he has to help me understand the state that I'm in right now. Because even though my mind is saying, man, go, go play ball, my ankle's like, bruh, sit down. Now, 
And so patient in affliction is saying, am I growing right now? Am I being developed in a good way right now? So when I come out of this season, I am ready so I can be at my highest quality. And for some of us being in that affliction, we're more so focused on the affliction Verses and focusing on, okay, God, I'm here. This hurt. I don't like it. But God, can you help me? God, can you give me some wisdom right now? God, I'm hurting right now. But can you help me understand that even in this hurt I'm breathing, there is still life in me? That even in this marriage, my husband, my wife has hurt me right now in a way that I thought that they would never would hurt me or that they never uh, yeah, would hurt me? So how can I even be patient in this season that even when I wake up, I'm reminded of the hurt that they've done? Or maybe you got divorced or maybe you were engaged and they called off the engagement and it's like, Lord, I don't want to be stuck in this moment. Can, can you help me grow to learn about me right now and not be focused on the affliction that I'm feeling right now? And he's like, man, I know you hurt. I'm hurt too. But I can heal that. I can help you if you allow me to. And so God is saying that when we are in a hurt state, will we take the time to grow slowly? Because sometimes the hurt is because of something we've done. And sometimes it's the hurt, even when it's something that we have not done. You know, so it's interesting. We was talking about marriage and I said, what are some things that you would say that's good to do in marriage. So Chase says one, he was like, hey, y'all should talk more. You should date more. People should communicate. I was like, man, that's good. Boy. Like that. Then Kyla says, I want to make sure I get it right. So I'm going to paraphrase. She was like, well, you want to be mindful for what you're about to say before you say it. Because if you say it in the wrong way, it could hurt them. And I wonder how many of us have said something to our spouse without taking the time to really think about what we're going to say and how we should say it. If you're going through that right now, just look straight ahead. Don't hit them on the side. Just look straight at me. Look straight at me. Or if you're dating, it's okay. Just look straight. Look straight at me. No one would ever know. But I wonder if that happens. And God is like, will that happen? Yes. But will you grow even in, in that? Like, yeah, what they said, they should not have said, but will you respond to them the same way I respond to you that when you do wrong, I don't turn a deaf ear to you. I don't look down upon you. I want you to run to me. I want you to come to me. And out of this, now I'm able to help you. Patient in affliction. Are we growing in our marriages? Are we growing in date? Are we growing on how we feel about ourselves? Are we saying what God is saying about us? This is how we know that we're growing. Romans 12, 21. How, we, how do we know that we're growing? Do not be overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by the affliction. Do not be overcome by the hurt. Do not be overcome by the conversation. Do not be overcome by the wrong do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
And this is where joyful in hope comes in. Faithful in prayer, vision. Patient in affliction, growth. Am I growing? Joyful in hope. What is my expectation? Am I still keeping my eyes on the vision of our marriage? Am I still keeping my eyes on the vision how I can be a better husband, a better wife? Am I still keeping the vision on myself? Can I, how to be a better man, how to be a better woman, so that when he or she comes, they're looking at the highest quality of me because I have developed in a state of readiness because I've taken the time to grow in my affliction. I've taken the time to grow in my hurt. I've taken the time to develop and process. Why do you get angry? Why do you get upset? Why do things have to be perfect before you move? Why do you have to know A, B, C, one, two, three, everything in place before you take the next step? Why does everything have to be perfect? Even in that patient and affliction of growing, I know I'm growing when I'm like, Lord, I know they said that it hurt, but Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I, I, I let that go. I remember how your body was bruised and broken for me. So just as you gave of yourself, even in my fallen and lowest state. You gave of yourself. And out of giving of yourself, you gave at your highest quality so that even when I'm at my lowest, I can still come to you. And when I come to you, I can look to you, not in my fallen state, but I can look to you in your risen state. And out of that, I get vision back. Out of that and looking at you, now I can begin to grow even in the midst of hurt because you can show me how to grow even in the midst of hurt. You can show me how to forgive and let go even in the midst of hurt. And out of that, now I can have joy in hope, which is an expectation because what faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for in your marriage? What are you hoping for at a young age? And being single, 20, 25, young people, what are you hoping for at the age of nine, at the age of 12, at the age of 15? I tell my son all the time. He was picking up a couple of items yesterday and he was like, Dad, this heavy. I say, it's okay, man. We're going to build the muscles. There's more to life than the Nintendo Switch. I said, Chase, those screws that we took out of that bed, where are the screws, man? I, I, I don't know, Dad, I don't know. I said, Chase, you put them in the truck, man. Where are the screws? Dad, I don't know. I had to tell him, y'all. I said, hey, if I get in that truck and I find the screws, I'm going to have your Nintendo Switch for a week, buddy. He went back in there looking in the truck. He couldn't find the screws. I saw the disappointment on his face, but I'm trying to help him, a pattern to renew his mind. You're responsible for the screws, son. You're responsible. Marriage is your responsibility, married couple. Singleness is your responsibility. Single people, I'm trying to help him understand responsibility. He goes in the truck. He can't find the, crew, the screws. I'm like, son, you don't find them. The Nintendo Switch going to be mine for a week. 
He's in the truck, y'all. He's looking, he's looking. He's looking and playing. His sister Kyla's in the truck with him. So he can't find the screws because the jacket, which is my jacket, is covering the screws. So when he goes to get in the truck to look for the screws, he doesn't look, he plays. So I get in the truck and I remove the jacket and I'm looking. I'm like, boom, Chase, here's the screws. I got your Nintendo Switch. Dad, why you keep saying that? Because it's more to life than a Nintendo Switch. But what am I trying to get him to understand and learn? Son, it's not that you can't play and have fun. You just need to know how to separate the two. There's a pattern that you're in and I'm just trying to help you to renew your mind because there's more for you and there's more to life than a Nintendo Switch. God is saying the same thing in your marriage. Your marriage can be better. Even in your singleness, your life can be better. But will you focus on me? Will you focus on what I'm showing you? Will you focus on my context of marriage and what I'm saying and how I'm communicating? So something my wife we want to do as I say this if you need communion elements I need one uh, raise your hand and the usher give you a communion element and so my wife we were talking about this you pull up the screens um, the 10 dudes after I do the screensaver so we was talking this morning and you know uh, I said babe you know this just been something on my heart and she was like yeah it's been something on my heart too for the couples because I'm like there's there's a lot to cover and so for married and single people, something that we're going to do in March, we're going to do it by Zoom because we know everybody's schedule is different. We'll do it like a 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. But I literally want to give you all everything I have that God is talking about marriage. And so it's like number five, your marriage is your responsibility. Your singleness is your responsibility. Make allowances for their weakness. Speak well over them and to them. Value their opinion and get their counsel. Have a ton of fun. How do you have fun in marriage? Give more than you expect to receive. So my wife and I, something that we're going to do next month. If you're married, if you're single, we're going to do a Zoom. And man, we're going to talk questions. We're, we're going to give you the opportunity to ask questions. Come in and just talk. Because what I want to do, I literally want to give you all practical application. And it's not saying that my wife and I, that our marriage is perfect, but we're going to give you examples. There are people that we have, mentors that we have in marriage, people that help us in, in understanding because I never had a daughter. I never had a son and that we're learning things from them. And so we want to sit down and give you the opportunity to ask those questions. And we're going to do it through through a Zoom, a one hour Zoom. And you can come in and ask questions. Uh, and we'll just tell you our story because guess what? The enemy doesn't want you to be successful, but God does. And the only way you can be successful, you have to get in the ears of those who are speaking God's words. So we want to set an avenue. We want to set an atmosphere where you can do this from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on a night. We'll announce it because I can remember being single, what it was like, what I navigated through. I can remember being a child. And questions wanted to ask my parents. And it's like, how do you ask? How do you navigate? So that's something we're doing. We're talking about marriage to our children at the age of nine and 12. Because they can turn on the TV right now. They can get on social media right now. They can get on TikTok right now. And somebody is saying something about marriage that is not according to God's way. So what did I want to do? I want to be a protector of what God has given us. But also, too, I want to give away what God has given 
So as we take communion, as we put ourselves in remembrance of what God has done, God has been faithful in prayer. He has vision. He's always speaking over us. Even patient in affliction, when we turn a deaf ear, God does not stop sending people to us. And he always has joyful, joyful in hope. He has an expectation that we're going to turn around, that we're going to open our ears, that we're going to open our hearts and receive his word that he has for us. So I'm going to pray over the elements. And as I pray over the elements at the end, we'll, we'll take the elements. We may sing a little something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do something together because we've got to end this service. Let y'all get out. But it's really a joy talking to you all. You know, God really wanted me to just read about marriage. Ephesians 5. Because he wanted you to know. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. He wants you to know what he's saying about it. Because you need to know the truth. I need to know the truth. He's saying, I created marriage. There's a way I created it that it should be. And when you do things my way, it's not that the enemy won't come and try to attack. But you'll still have vision and you can still grow and you can still have an expectation. But you got to do it my way. You got to do it God's way. That's what he's saying. So let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for just hearing who you are and how much you love us and about your truth about marriage. God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you get to touch their hearts right where they are. Be it a high school student, a middle school student, a college student one who's married, one who's single, one who has experienced divorce. Father, I just thank you that your hand is upon them for the good. And you've shown us this through your body, by giving of yourself, by breaking your body, by going to the cross and and dying for us. And that, Father, out of this, that you said, put ourselves in remembrance of what you've done. And so, Lord, that's what we do right now. We're about to put ourselves in remembrance of what you've done, the life you live, how you gave and surrendered your life, went to the cross, died, and you rose again for us. Before we do this, our heads still be bowed. Is there anyone in here that says, hey, I have never, ever given my life to Jesus or surrendered my life? And as I read about marriage I, and on the screen, I just saw how he really loves and desires marriage to be his way. But I see that he loves me. And I want to take this time to allow Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Are you saying I already done that, but I have not lived a life before God like how I should have? If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand right now? I just want to pray with you and for you. Is there anybody here saying I want to give my life to the Lord, rededicate my life to Christ? Anybody here? Good. Amen. Amen. We're all saved. So, God, we just thank you that as we do this, thank you that your hand is upon us for the good and we get to experience your best days. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.